What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. At Casino Queen Sportsbook Basketball is Hood. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to catch me with David Kaplan mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on the ESPN Chicago app. Also on ESPN 1000 and locally 100.3 HD2. As we give you day two of NBA free agency, this is not your grandfather's NBA free agency. This is not your grandfather's Chicago Bulls waiting on players, hoping for players. Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. Art Carney, as well as my guy Mark Eversley, they're putting something together that's special for this Bulls team. I want you to think about this. So there's Zach Levine, and there's Lonzo Ball, and there is Nikola Vucevic. There's Pat Williams, and now there's DeRozan. He's here. DeMar DeRozan. The wheels of free agency continue for day two as the San Antonio Spurs are no longer associated with DeMar DeRozan as the Bulls were able to pick up DeMar DeRozan for Thad Young, a future first-round pick and two second-round picks. DeRozan expects to sign a three-year deal, $85 million. It's funny, DeRozan was scheduled to meet with the Los Angeles Clippers, who didn't have a lot of cap space, and guess who had cap space? The Bulls. DeRozan averaged 21.6 points a game, along with... Seven assists and 4.2 rebounds with the Spurs last season after being traded there by Toronto for Kawhi Leonard back in 2018. I am good with this deal because that steps you up in class if you are the Bulls. This is not just the one move or the cursory move. These are several moves to solidify Zach Levine and give him players that he can play with. Lonzo Ball can make DeRozan better. He can make Levine better. can make Patrick Williams better. He can make Vucevic better. This is the Bulls going forward. If For those of you who say, this is not a good deal, I don't understand this. Hey, you know, this is what, you know why, as a Bulls fan, you don't recognize this? is because that is the definition of going forward. Going forward. And so I'm all in for the Bulls. You can look at the Bulls versus the rest of the Eastern Conference and say, are they as good as the Bucks? Nope. Are they good as the 76ers? Nope. Are they good as uh, the Nets? Nope. But you're going in the right direction because if you are blessed with good health, you are a playoff team. You build from what you have. You don't just quit and just deal with young players. Here's what I want you to know. The days of Billy Donovan teaching the game on the NBA level is done. Last year, I know that he was going through some growing pains with this team. You can see how frustrated he was. He is a hell of a basketball coach, but he wants to coach players that can help right away. I mean, it's one thing to have a young player in Patrick Williams. Nothing wrong with that. But he wants to coach veteran players, players that know what to do. Under Jim Boylan, this is the team that couldn't shoot straight. They were so screwed up by the shit coaching of Jim Boylan that Billy Donovan comes around and says, boy, what did you guys learn? What is going on with this team? So you have Karnaschovas and Eversley doing what's best for the Bulls and getting quality players to be around Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. DeRozan's a bull and I'm fired up. I'm going to call Chris Bleck. You know what? I'm going to call Chris. Call Chris Bleck from our station ESPN 1000. That's my guy when we talk basketball and enjoy our conversations. I'm going to call Chris right now. Find out what he thinks. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Chris Black. I can talk about this alone. The Bulls are back. Chris Black from Black and Abdallah. Weeknights at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jonathan. Have I unintentionally become the hardest book in your Rolodex? Is that what I'm finding out? Is that my because of our conflicting schedules, you, Captain J. Hood, in the mornings from 7 to 10, 
on ESPN 1000. I'm with Abdallah till 8 o'clock. I'm also with Waddle and Sylvie in the afternoon. Have I become? Are our schedules so opposite that I've become the hardest book for, for the podcast? Yes, you and Shams. <laughs> you and Shams Sharania. Well, <laughs> well, I don't live with my parents, so. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so I would say you too, yes. Um, but you know what? There's no way I was going to let another day go by without talking about what the Bulls have done. I opened up the podcast by saying this is not your grandfather's front office, right? I mean, look, you can be skeptical and say I'm not so sure. But if nothing else, we are seeing aggressiveness with the Lonzo Ball pickup. And then on uh, Tuesday, DeMar DeRozan. Let me get your, your overall thoughts on what the Bulls have done here in free agent frenzy. You know, I, I love it. Um, I, I think you do point out a good good idea, though, that there are there are avenues you could travel down where you could argue that some of this may not work out. I, I think, first of all, starting with Lonzo Ball, I think Lonzo's fit. His improvement the last two seasons from the three-point line and also from the free-throw line and the fact that he's only 23 years old, I think is perfect. I don't think that that will be something we look back in hindsight and say that's a miss. Even if Lonzo doesn't turn into an all-guard, all-NBA type of guard, he's still going to be serviceable as a starter. He's still going to give you some creativity offensively as a passer, as a creator for others. He's going to play some defense, and he's not someone that's going to take away shots from your best players. So I think Lonzo, hands down, fantastic pickup by the Chicago Bulls. The DeMar DeRozan thing is certainly more uh, layered and more complicated because on the surface, I'm with you. I, I think it's fantastic. I think adding another all-star level player to the collection of guys that AK and Eversley have on this Bulls roster, I don't think you can you can really fault them in doing so. You know, some of the conversations that you and I have had in the last five years have been about the lack of talent on this roster. And within 24 hours, Eversley and AK have immediately upgraded the talent level for this Bulls team. And it's not only just in free agency. Remember at the trade deadline, when they made the move for Nikola Vucevic, that also was a major upgrade in talent to the point where now there is so much talent that we are questioning whether or not Lowry Markkinen and Kobe White have roles on this team. And in the last five years, those are two individuals playing a lot of minutes for this Bulls team. So I think, you know, we can really dive into the fact that DeMar DeRozan at his age for what he'll be making um, and, and based on what the market value was for him, that the Bulls overpaid and they gave up a lot to go get to Martin DeRozan and that they've given up future first-round picks for Vucevic and for DeMar DeRozan. But I think the thing that we uh, can probably come to the agreement on is that the Bulls have now used some draft capital and used what they had on the roster to upgrade the talent. And so to me, that's exciting because this is just the start, right? Like, if they sign Lowry Marketing and want to trade him somewhere, or Kobe White trade him somewhere, now we're looking to add even more talent to what's in the mix already. And this is without assuming that Lonzo Ball improves, Pat Williams improves, and also hoping that Zach Levine, off of his summer with the Olympic team, takes it to another level. Uh, Jonathan, I'm, I'm really failing to see, outside people complaining that DeMar DeRozan doesn't shoot three-point shots, I'm really failing to see how, how you can't be ecstatic if you're a Bulls fan today. Well, yeah, well I, I think that it's a culture shock for some Bulls fans because you're just used to the try-hard guys, the try-hard players that, you know, that were, as you mentioned to me like a few months ago, these guys that, quote-unquote, were promised time or promised to be around in the Boylan regime. And you see, as soon as we got to the the trade deadline, um, that whole thing was just like, we're, get out of here, man. 
dude, you're like, all these guys, all the fluff, all of the excess on this Bulls team, when they start making deals, the Vucevic deal told me that it was different. And, and so here, here you have a guy like Lonzo Ball who's getting better from the outside and can make others better. And then you have Zach Levine, again, blessed with good health. You know he's going to take all the clutch shots. You have a DeRozan that's been there and done that. And, and I'll say this about Alex Caruso. LeBron's going to miss Alex Caruso. And I know that sounds ridiculous on the surface, but I thought that he was a solid defender. And again, a try-hard guy, because I called his games in the G League for the South Bay Lakers when they came in here to play the Winnie City Bulls. And I said, well, who is this guy? And then you see him on the next level, and LeBron's going to miss that irritant on the team for the Lakers. And I think he can provide that for the Bulls. So I just think the pickups tell me that they are geared for the playoffs and that Billy Donovan looked around at that roster when he first got here and said, what the hell is this? What is this nonsense? Like, am I really teaching the game, uh, uh, doing basketball one-on-one? Am I really doing this now with the Chicago Bulls? No. I want veterans that can help now. And that's why I have no problem with the pickups. This is solid. Yeah, you're, you're spot on with the Alex Caruso. I, you know, he is such an underrated defender. He is a fantastic guard defender. And so, you know, look at the deficiencies of the guards that you already have coming into this year. Kobe White and Zach Levine struggle on the defensive side of things. So you go out and you get Lonzo Ball, who by the way, has played good defense in his NBA career. When he was a rookie with the Lakers, he played fantastic defense. He gets in the passing lanes. He gets steals. He then creates offense on the other end for others. I'm not worried about Lonzo as a defender. But then you add in Alex Caruso. If he's playing with Kobe White or you mix him in with Zach, crunch time minutes, I I think it's fantastic. You nailed it with LeBron because – you know, remember back in the bubble when they went on that championship run, Alex Caruso played a lot of heavy minutes in the fourth quarters of those finals games with the Lakers. I, I, I just think what they've done in 24 hours is they basically have totally upgraded the backcourt, given it a lot of depth. And, and we can, like, sit here and project out where the Bulls fit in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I think... Um, is positive moving forward is say some of these pieces don't work. It's obvious now that this is a franchise that is no longer okay with just being a 500 team making the playoffs. Like the directive clearly from Michael Reinsdorf when he made the decision to get rid of Gar Foreman and John Paxson is that we need to be a relevant team in the NBA. And the moves from the trade deadline to free agency starting two days ago have met that type of mindset, that type of thinking, that we need to get the Chicago Bulls, that marquee franchise in the league, back to where it should have been. And, and where it kind of, you know, decayed over the last 15 years with Gar and Pax running the show. It, it, like, it is a totally different mindset. You mentioned conversations that we had in the past. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, like the, the idea in the past was... You know, we, we like to joke about a nice piece, right? Oh, this guy's a nice piece because he was drafted seventh. Oh, well, we got a nice piece over here. He was drafted. Like, all these, quote, nice pieces of young players who've never done anything, that's tiresome. Go out and get guys who want to compete and who want to win. That's why I'm not bothered that Wendell Carter's playing for the Magic or that Thaddeus Young was sent to the Spurs. We'll get over it. We'll find another Thaddeus Young. It's not the end of the world. And I would imagine, well, I'm remarking maybe next. And I wonder what they have up their sleeve if they still have held on to marketing without having to give him up to the Spurs to acquire DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I agree with you. So I look at it like this, Chris. So... We look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, and I know that's a measuring stick, right? It, to me, more so than the Bucks, it's the Nets because they still have their three. They're still going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs next season. So it's the Nets, it's the Bucks, the champions, it's the 76ers. It's, it's a top-heavy East. It's a competitive East. But the Bulls, I would say that they are a playoff team. Is it, You want to be able to at least get in the mix because how many times have we have seen a Bulls team with one piece and then kind of tip your your toe in the water and not really go for it? I think that 
this says something for the future as well. How often have we complained about not having free agents wanting to come to Chicago? Well, you got to showcase something for free agents to want to come here. And I think that even though you had to make a couple of trades to get that done, I think that for the future, agents and players would be like, hey, this team's pretty good. What if I came to Chicago? So I think that's a win-win in that regard as well. Yeah, and, you know, look, look at the other teams in the East. You, you listed off, like, hands down, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly. Yeah, they're, they're at the top of the conference. But I don't think you could honestly look at what the Knicks have to offer, what the Celtics, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Hornets. We could debate Atlanta. We can debate Miami. But, like, that cloud of teams that made the playoffs, you can't tell me that the Bulls can't compete with those teams. And I, I would argue that, like, Miami's moves, they've, they've made a lot of crazy moves mm-hmm. Yeah, like if people are outraged over the fact that Demar Derozan got eighty-five million dollars for three years from the Bulls, how do you feel about Jimmy Butler getting the max from the Miami Heat? Like, are you serious? In, in two years, that's going to be okay for Miami. So, like, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls have a better team than the Miami Heat this year, or the Boston Celtics. The Celtics were five hundred. You know, the Bulls had all those injuries, and I get it. They haven't done it yet, but I, I feel like what they're piecing together here makes a lot of sense, and there's more talent on the roster now than many of these teams in the Eastern Conference outside of the Bucks, the Nets, and the 76ers. Yeah, that's the whole key, is to be able to show that you are a player. Um, I, I just think about the past with Gar and Pax, and there's no way that they were – their biggest splash would have been Alex Caruso. There's no way that they would have wanted yeah. to trade their yeah. future. I mean, I, I see this. I know you see the same thing on Twitter. Like, oh, what about, you know, Thadjik Johnson? What about Thaddeus Young? What about, like, what about Garrett Temple? Well, what about those guys? Those are placeholders for something new and something fresh. There's nothing wrong with those players, but you have to turn the page. You got to trade something to get something. And so I, I like that I have at least three guys on the roster now that can give me 20 points a game. I got Vucevic, I got DeRozan, I got Levine. You can add on to whatever you get from bench help and all that, Chris, but at least I have three guys. And what's the thing about the NBA? You got to have at least three guys that can help you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the three that the Bulls have may not be uh, as good as what Brooklyn can roll out there or Milwaukee can sure. roll out there. But, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? And at least it's three all-stars. And I would say, like, the ceiling of this team is on the shoulders of Zach Levine improving, but also on the idea that Patrick Williams turns into something, right? Like, he's your last lottery ticket based on where he was selected fourth overall, the the comps that he had coming out of college, and what we saw in his Patrick Williams turns into an all-star level player at some point in the next four years, like, doesn't that really kick everything into hyperdrive where these moves that the Bulls made now in, in hindsight would look really good because now you're in the mix. Now, now you've got four guys who could be all-star. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it, it really, I'm, I'm finding a hard time being negative about any of this because you mentioned it, you know, the way it was done before, they wouldn't try things because they would be so worried about moving Wendell Carter Jr. to Orlando. Right. Right. <laughs> that would have been a piece for the next four or five years and, and, right. not, and not really giving you what you want. Um, I'll, 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 let me give you an example, Chris, of the skepticism, right? And it, listen, when you're a Bulls fan or an NBA observer, you have every right to kind of look at it and say, okay, so is this an anomaly for Alonzo Ball or will he actually get better from the foul line and get better from three-point range? Is it really an anomaly or is it DeMar DeRozan can give you the same production he gave with San Antonio? But check out this question, right? Uh, Random one from uh, the Bulls Charge. The Bulls Charge. That is the Twitter handle. How about this? The (laughs) The question to ponder is, how are Ball and DeRozan signings any different than the Rondo Wade signings a few years ago? All right. Well, 
Well, I want you to answer that question. Thanks for having me tonight, Justin. Uh, I want to go back to watching Simone Biles participate in the balance beam on NBC. I mean, that's what's out there, though. You see this, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I see it. Um, okay. So, so, like, first of all, uh, Lonzo Ball is 23. Yes. He was the number two pick overall in the draft. He's played for two teams now. The Lakers kind of moved on from him just because it just wasn't working out. But they also changed the direction of their franchise. So the fact that the Lakers moved off Lonzo wasn't as much about Lonzo as the Lakers changing what they were wanting to do to then try and go get LeBron James. So that's one. Two, like DeMar DeRozan... I think still has more gas in the tank than than D Wade had at the end. Right, like D Wade by far the better player, no question about it. But like De- Demar Rosen is still a serviceable third option on a team. I mean, he he scored twenty two points per game last season for the Spurs. I, th- I think his per was twenty second in the NBA. So he's still a very productive player. He's also a good passer. So you're adding two really good passers to the mix. DeMar DeRozan, Alonzo Ball. I, I'd say what what was different is when the Bulls went out and got D-Wade and Rondo, they were both guys past their prime looking for a last opportunity. And that's not what this is. I don't think this is DeMar DeRozan's last legs, last opportunity. And it certainly isn't with Lonzo Ball because the idea here is if he improves – the Bulls now have a really good guard going forward who can be in his prime while Zach Levine's in his prime, while Patrick Williams is in his prime. So I don't I don't think it's like it at all. You know, th- those teams where they signed Wade and Rondo, Jonathan, those were the 41 and 41 Bulls that we covered when you do those Bulls buzz shows where there really was no hope. Right. The team was just stuck. This is different. This is a team that's improving. With the arrow pointing up. So uh, as we look into the Eastern Conference, you you don't like what Miami's done with the money they've done with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry coming to the Heat? Ugh. No, I don't. I mean, I, I like Kyle Lowry and I like Jimmy Butler, but like, wait, what are the Heat doing? Like to, to me, do you, like I wasn't surprised last season that Miami took a step back. They were a team that benefited from being in the bubble from that weird COVID shortened deal that, that the NBA put on in the fall of last year. I I don't think that they were a team that would ever get back to that point. And last season, we saw a Tyler Hero step back. We saw a Duncan Robinson take a step back. He got max money too. He got yeah. huge a huge contract for <laughs> Duncan Robinson. Yes. And 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 Jimmy Butler for how good he is. Do you want to be giving Jimmy Butler the back? No. I, well, well. here's the question. So a combination of Lowry, Robinson, Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, where is that amongst the teams in the East? You don't believe that that's top five? Well, it'll, it'll be in that group. You know, like that's a team that's going to be sitting there battling with the Bulls for those positions. It'll be Miami. It'll be Boston, it'll be New York, it'll be Atlanta. Those are the teams that Chicago's going to be kind of in the mix with to try and get into the positioning of that that final home court spot for the Eastern playoffs, right? Because if we put uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn in the top three, however you want to mix them up, there's going to be one team that's going to get a playoff series from home. And then everyone else will be road teams. So, I mean, Miami, New York, Atlanta... You know, like, those are the teams that the Bulls are going to be going against. Boston. And who knows how Boston's going to look. They took a major step back last season. That's a tanking. That's They're not – I don't see if they're going to be a playoff team. I don't – but then again, I don't know. If Charlotte makes a move, I just don't see that. I think the Celtics are going backwards. Let me ask you this. Is Kyle Lowry at 33 that much better than Goran Dragic? Who the Heat had to send off to get Kyle Lowry? I think there's redundancy in that situation. So, so like, why would Kyle Lowry all of a sudden just flip the Heat into being a much better team? Like, to me, it's it's about the same stuff. Yeah. I Dragic think... was pretty good. He was pretty damn good, especially in those playoffs. Sure. 
Um, I think it's kind of the same, actually. So that, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Um, let me. Well, so let me take a look at the some of these other teams too. Anything else in the East that that uh, because Philadelphia, Brooklyn, the Bucks are pretty much solidified. My partner in the morning, David Kaplan, he just couldn't wait to tell everybody as soon as the Knicks went to the playoffs and you got a crowd behind the Knicks, you know, they're back. Oh, God, they're back. Oh, God. And I'm like, yeah, let's wait until free agency. Nice free agency, Knicks. They're coming to men's. Good, good God. That's all that you – I mean, this is this is when hyperbole is at its max, Chris. It's it's you and I watching the league, watching how things go, and you have one guy in my partner that just happens to have Tom Thibodeau's number, gassing his head up, talking about the Knicks are back. Here comes Leon Rose, and so here's what you do: Nerlens Noel, D Rose, and Alec Burks. For real, that's all you do. Please clip this for tomorrow morning's show. This is this is fantastic. I want to hear the and, and Evan and Evan Fournier. So, so oh the, yes, Evan Fournier, because that's going to get it done. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, this whole thing where like the Knicks are back. Okay, so <laughs> you get to the playoffs. Great, that's one step in the right direction, right? And the Knicks in Madison Square Garden and Tom Thibodeau, all the and so this is what you do in free agency with cap space. This is how yeah. you fill it with 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 a, a one year deal for Taj. That's it. Well, Jonathan, it, it was not only that's how you feel it. The Knicks needed a point guard, and 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 what happened? Kyle Lowry wanted to go to the Heat. Chris Paul resigned with this with Phoenix. Lonzo wanted to come to Chicago, and the Knicks were left standing with nothing. So they, they had to resign Derrick Rose. And and to be honest, like that's 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 fine for Derrick's situation. It's good because Thibodeau knows Derrick, and it, it all worked last year. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea in New York was that they were going to land a top point guard. And they totally struck out. So you're right. It's all hot air. It's all nonsense. The Knicks are not going to be the fourth seed next season. They're going to be a work hard team that's going to make the playoffs. No doubt about that. But I would rather have the Bulls situation right now than the Knicks, even though the Knicks won 10 more games than the Bulls did last season. Wouldn't you? I mean, it's a much better roster. I mean, Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and then like Nerlens Noel. Yeah, that that's no, your big no splash. <laughs> I swear. I mean, it, this is what we talk about, man. It's just like they're back. I'm just telling you. You're not telling me anything, man. Except the, the Knicks. The Knicks. What an opportunity with cap space to be able to fill it. And like, where's your Dame Lillard trade? Where's your deal for DeMar DeRozan? Where's your deal for, for Lonzo Ball to make the team better? I, mean, I know Bulls fans are crying, oh, we should have Derrick Rose back, so we need a point guard. I said, Derrick should sign a one-year deal when he's d- definitely done. Yeah, Derrick Rose can't help you today. But Lonzo Balls, people forget, they see Lonzo Ball, and because we've heard about the Ball family, they feel like he's a 10-year veteran. He's 23. He's still yeah. growing. So I I just I think that's funny. So I look at the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, the um the Hawks. Bulls have to be in that conversation. I don't know if the Pacers are making another step. Wizards are stepping are going backwards. Charlotte gets better. Boston doesn't get better. Now I look for maybe another one of these teams to try to step up in this eight. Uh, but I, I look at those teams, and the Bulls still have work to do. There's, there is talent, more talented teams in the East. But I'd rather be in the mix for the playoffs and competing, maybe hosting a playoff uh, game or two, we'll see, than to just stand still and say, here's our big fish, Alex Caruso. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And if you look at the Eastern Conference, I'm not worried about Toronto, Cleveland, Orlando, Detroit. Not worried about them at all. Charlotte, Indiana, Washington, not really worried about either. You're 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 looking at Boston. You, you're trying to figure out whether or not Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are two guys that can lead that team the way that we thought they were going to. They took a big step back last season, and then we get to that Miami conversation, Atlanta, New York, and I, I think that's right where you stick this Bulls team. Can can the Bulls be more successful? 
last year. 41 and 31, 10 games over. They were the fifth seed. Could the Bulls get into that mix? And I, I think that they absolutely can with what we have. And a lot of this is is with the thought and the idea that Zach Levine continues to get better. Mm-hmm. If he if he does and he becomes that superstar that I've been hearing about for the last four years, then that's fantastic. This team will take that step back. Um, but now it's time to win some basketball games. No longer will it be, oh, did the Bulls play last night? Oh, are they playing tonight? Oh, no one's really paying attention. You and I, not only do we get to watch these games, we're going to be able to break down these games on a daily basis. And when we don't see something that works, we'll be able to talk about it and point out in crunch time, like, this is not working. They need to fix this. This is what matters when you have to try and win basketball games. So I think the pressure is going to be on Zach Levine to excel, become a more efficient offensive player, and to actually win at the end of games. Uh, I want to go to the West and talk about what the Lakers have done. Boy, they have put together uh, an old team, an old rickety team, and I, I, this is like the last gasp for LeBron. I, that's how I look at it. And I, and I don't say that with like uh, doing a hot take or anything, but he tried to cobble together something that yeah. could work. I, the Russell Westbrook deal, and it's a long conversation, Chris, about Russell Westbrook, how he will be remembered in history. All I know is that he's an instant triple-double, yes. He's very poor from three-point range, yes. I don't know what kind of offense they're running with Russell, but I know why he's on the team and no one's talking about it. He's on the team so LeBron can rest. If LeBron plays 60 to 65 games, he knows that Westbrook, if healthy, can take over the game. Now, whether you win or lose that game, that's a different conversation. But having like Melo, Trevor Ariza, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, you know, bringing back Dwight Howard. This is just the feeling of it's Sunday morning, guys, and we're going to get on our motorcycles one more time and mount up. And we're going to take the trail one more time. Like, what the hell? What is that movie called? Wild Hogs or something? Yeah, right, exactly. Is that, is that really the name of the movie? I think it is. Let me look this up. Wild Hogs cast. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Wild Hogs. With Tim Allen, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, Ray Liotta. Yes. And William H Macy. That's what All the right. that's what the Lakers are. The Wild a Hogs. Of, a group of suburban biker wannabes looking for an adventure hit the open road, but they get more than they bargained for mm. when they encountered a New Mexico gang called Del Fuegos. Wow. Wild Hogs, led by LeBron James. Yes. Now you laugh. That was a $60 million budget that made $253.6 million, million dollars in the box office. Two fifty three six in the box office for that nonsense. And, and by the way, that's the Lakers' salaries. <laughs> what, what year did that come out? What year is this from? This is from 07. Wow, I thought we were better than that in 07. I guess not. You know what? I'm going to watch that tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to watch this movie because uh, Peter Fonda's in it, too. I am going to watch the and Tashina Arnold from uh, Martin. That's crazy. I'm going to watch this because this reminds me of the Lakers. This yes. is the last gasp. And I'm going to have Kamenitsky on here tomorrow from Lando Lakers uh, because I'm going to just rub it in like, hey, man, how old is this roster for real? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I just think... I think we saw in the playoffs this, what the Suns did to the Lakers. I know that they're battling injuries, but the the way the Western Conference is stacked with loaded talent, and it's like these young teams, Utah, Denver, Phoenix, what, what I pull out of what I saw from them is that it's not just one player. I, I get that Jokic is the MVP, but, but still, they, they have depth. Um, there's a lot of movement off of most of their players can guard multiple positions and a lot of three-point shooters. And, like, when when I saw the Lakers just, you know, in that final game where, where the Lakers were eliminated by the Suns and LeBron just didn't even 
he didn't even make an attempt to to to, to fight off the Suns. It was just obvious that it was over at that point. Like to me, the Western Conference has passed this idea of you just having two stars and the two stars just do everything and you just hope you can get to the finals. I, I think the talent in the West is just too stacked with so many young teams like Utah with so many different players that can help for winning that if you load up with with old dudes and you have LeBron who can't really give you what he used to give you and you're relying on Anthony Davis, I just don't see how it's going to work. And Russell Westbrook, I mean, listen, in the playoffs two years ago when the Lakers won against the Rockets, the Lakers didn't guard Russell Westbrook. They just left him open from three yeah. to allow him to shoot the Rockets out of the game. Right. So how is that going to mix with LeBron? I, I just don't get it at all. I don't know what they're doing. That that this, this is what happens when you let a player generally manage your team. This is yeah. what happened. Like, come on, Melo, one more run. Come on, Russ. Come on, let's do this. Like, for, for real, like Dwight Howard back. You're just cobbling around talent. And this is why the the Lakers and, and again, I, I don't know what kind of offense they're running. Are they running the are they running the uh the Wisconsin Badgers offense? Like, is that going to be like LeBron and A D on the outside and, and Westbrook goes to the basket? Now, Westbrook will get his 10 assists, he'll get his 10 rebounds, he'll get his 10 or more points. That's not the point. The point is, like, down the stretch, it's, it's not even a question who's going to get the basketball. We understand what's, what that is. I just think that this is just a, a method for LeBron to rest and say, okay, Russ, you go get him now. And Russ, by the way, four, four teams in four seasons for a guy that's a triple-double, this is a podcast by itself to break down exactly who he is and what he means. Four teams. Dude. He I mean, he's been all over the league. And then when he gets to some place, people want to run away from him. I, I just uh, I, and then LeBron's gonna find out the hard way. I tell you that for sure. Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um I wonder, you know, when we have that conversation used from now, who who's gonna be the better player at the end of the day? Russell Westbrook or Carmelo Anthony? Neither, neither really won at the highest level. The farthest that they got were the conference finals. Right. And you got them both on your team like they're Gary Payton and Carl Malone yeah. with the Lakers at the end. Right, right. Yeah. But, the, like, that didn't work either for no. those Lakers teams. Like, that. that's what happened was, at that time, those Lakers teams that had the, the old former Hall of Fame stars they met up against a younger, fresher Detroit Pistons team. The Pistons just took took them out, and, and they won the championship. Uh, Chris Paul with that uh, deal, four-year deal for a huge amount of cash. It, it surprised me, Chris, the amount of money. I, you know, at first you saw him opt out thirty-five to forty million for the one year to only make up to could be one hundred and twenty million dollars for four seasons. I, 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 God bless the Suns. They believe they can win this thing again, get back to the Western Conference Finals and win it. They can't, but it, God bless them for trying. But my goodness, man, at, you do realize that this is not twenty-three-year-old Chris Paul. It, you, what you're paying for is him to have maximum rest. And then have a nice run in the playoffs because you're not paying for the regular season. You're waiting for him to lock in. And then when he's in the biggest spotlight, there's times that he showed up and times he didn't. And I thought that that was age, if nothing else, from Chris Paul. Yeah, and you know they they resign campaign as well, so they they have that backcourt kind of solidified. But you're looking for the same exact output that you had from last year. Hoping going forward into this season, you're right about Chris Paul. Like he he played as well as he could. I thought at the end of the season he should have gotten MVP consideration. Um, that team was just so good during the regular season. They get to the finals, obviously, but whether or not they can get back to that point is going to totally be on the shoulders of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. If those two continue to improve. And same with Mikel Bridges. If they all, all the young players continue to improve, then hopefully Chris Paul doesn't have to do as much during the regular season. He has more by the time they get to the playoffs, and especially that deep in the playoffs. Because you're right, he, he seemed like burned out by the time the finals rolled around, but 
We could also give a lot of credit to Drew Holiday. Yeah. Drew Holiday played great defense in the finals. I thought that campaign left money on the table. That's what I thought. It was a. I don't. I'm looking for the deal now. I can't find it, but I know that it, he, he his agent should have been able to get him more because you you overrate the talent if you're a GM they, uh, or if you're an agent. You're like, look at campaign the big shots he made coming from Japan or wherever he played. I think he could have made more someplace else, but it's. I yeah, think, three years, nineteen mil. Yeah, he could have made more. He could have made more, but that, his agent. He should fire his agent tonight. Um, yeah. because you look at him and you say, wow, you made some big shots. I thought you were just a cheerleader on the sidelines and he could have went someplace else, but I think he's just happy being in Phoenix because that was a winning team. I get it. But, uh, you never leave money on the table, young man. I think he did that. So, yeah, I mean, what a hell of a story though. He, he came a long way from being a dance, dance revolution pain here on the Bulls sidelines to, uh, a guy who was kicked out, you know, he was out of the league, found his way back, and then made himself into a player who not only could be on the court for extended periods of time, but a difference maker in the playoffs. I mean, it's really an incredible story. Uh, anything else that uh, stands out to you most? Uh, we know that there was a huge deal for Steph Curry and Golden State. Uh, you know, I, none of these numbers outside of like Oklahoma City with Shea Gilgis Alexander and maybe the Chris Paul deal blew my hair back because because yeah. like the like like the SAG uh, deal with Oklahoma City, it's like aren't you tanking? So why would you pay him unless you're going to to move that deal? Like that was a confusing one for me. And then like the the Chris Paul for as amount of money that he made, but is there anything else that stood out to you in free agency that you liked? Uh, is Kawhi gonna stay? He's gonna resign with the Clippers, right? No, like, no, he's gonna be okay. with the. He's gonna be with Sacramento. Okay, yeah. So he's gonna go to the Cow Cowtown. Yeah, be- <laughs> because it's Kawhi Leonard, and he's got the smallest circle in the league. And as you and I, a couple of summers ago, were trying to figure out what Kawhi was doing, no one saw him making a side deal with the Clippers and then making yeah. Paul George. Like he's got the smallest circle. In your phone and my phone, we have no sources. No, not even Woj, not even Sham. They have no idea what he's thinking. Like, he opts out of the Clippers. Cool. But who knows where that guy is going to be? Seriously. Yeah, and he, he opts out, but the intention is to sign a longer contract. I, I just, yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting with the Clippers is they failed. Uh, they didn't get to the finals. They got close. Paul George was fantastic in the conference finals. Kawhi is going to be out, what, for all of next season? Like, even if he's ready to go in March, do you think they even bring him back at the end of the year towards the playoffs? I I think what's interesting is the Clippers were named as the team that wanted DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan chose to go to the Chicago Bulls. I think the Clippers are in a weird spot. They're not going to have Kawhi for most of next season, if at all. Paul George, you guy. You have, like, some nice guys around who are bench fillers, role guys. But really, that Clippers team was supposed to be contending for titles. So I think that's an interesting spot. We talked about the Knicks striking out. I think that's fantastic. I also mentioned the Jimmy Butler thing. I think that's way too much money for Jimmy Butler at this point in his career. Um, I think so far in free agency... It's been pretty exciting. There hasn't really been a major splash outside of what the Bulls have done. And and that's refreshing. That's a very refreshing way to approach free agency when your team is the one actually making the most impressive moves. Uh, I would agree. With them being at the top of the conversation, I think that that is, I think that is pretty cool for them. So uh, I, I want to ask you, um, there's still some names out there, aren't they? Like, so what's happening with, Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, who believes <laughs> he believes that he's a you know two hundred million dollar guy, and right, right. I, I've, been, I've been telling Cap the story of Dennis Schroeder when he first came to the Lakers. You know, he's like Schroeder told LeBron's like, you know, I can help you, right? Like, I can definitely help you with this team. And LeBron's like, what? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like weren't you with Atlanta, like losing, or weren't you like? So what about Schroeder? Because I think that he's looking for a boatload, and I don't think he deserves it right now. Well, what's left out there? Who are the teams that need point guards? 
all the teams that w- that needed point guards wouldn't either re-sign their own guy or the Bulls wouldn't got Lonzo Ball. Yeah. The Pelicans have their situation set, right? Like, is Schroeder playing for the Pelicans? What do the Pelicans do? Oh, you know, don't get me don't get me started. The, the Knicks the Knicks re-signed Derrick Rose. So where the musical chairs for point guards, there's not many options for Dennis Schroeder, and I do not think the $25 million a year is out there for him. Don't get me started on the Pelicans. Are you just trying to push Zion out? Yes. Zion, Zion is not – he's going to leave there without signing his rookie his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. The, the, the extra money? Yeah. Right? I, I don't – tell me if I'm wrong. Chris, is there anyone that you know of that didn't sign the rookie, the extra kicker and the rookie deal? Um, who is good? I don't think so. I I mean, oh god! I don't. I, I honestly don't think so. I I think because the the reason that's in the salary cap is, um, in in the collective bargaining agreement is so teams can hold on to stars that they draft. So if a guy is good, it, it's almost automatically always picked up. I, I, I'm just perplexed by David Griffin. I, I just, I, I can't believe. Like, I understand that Zion probably, and I, I hate the old, you know. Well, he's a star in a small market, so he's going to leave anyway. But don't give him a reason to. Right? Don't no, don't do that. Come on, no. that, that's that's phony now because Giannis won with Milwaukee. Well, exactly. No, no one has that excuse anymore because a small market team just won the title. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I'm just, I'm so frustrated with with Griffin and the Pelicans because I had Joel Myers on here <clears throat> yesterday on the yeah, podcast, yeah. and you know, God bless Joel. He's just trying to keep a stiff upper lip. You know, he 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 knows he knows that this is some bullshit. He knows, like. He's telling me on like Nikhil Alexander Walker, who played well for them yeah. as point guard. I mean, he did well, but you, you, I don't know if you overpay for Devonte Graham or not. But I thought that that number was interesting. Ingram, along with Balanchunas, and then Zion Williamson, and it's just kind of like, dude, that can't, that dog don't hunt. I don't care what Walker did, yes, uh, last year. That's not good enough at all. Yeah, I'm with you. The Jeez. I'm trying to think of the the Graham thing. I saw a stat. Here you go. Synergy basketball, synergy stats. Devontae Graham shot an effective field goal percentage of 72% on spot-up situations last season. The third highest number in the NBA. So, I mean, that's a fancy stat to go with the fact that Graham can shoot the lights out of the ball. Especially when he's in a spot-up situation. Yeah. 72%, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, they probably overpay for him. And, I mean, don't don't you have David Griffin's number? Don't, is he a, a former co-host of yours on NBA radio? He doesn't answer my calls anymore. Oh, well, okay. Never mind. <laughs> no. I was going to say, you just text him, hey, what, what are you doing with this team, man? I just called Joel. I just called him. I called Joel Myers, and and he said, "I'll be glad to come on, but should I have wine first? Uh, <laughs> yes, just, always yes. He stood up, he up in the bayou with like you know the finest of wines in New Orleans. It's just like I should maybe I should have some wine first. Hey, I appreciate his broadcast. A very professional call. On uh, what is it, Bally's New Orleans, whatever they they are now. That's correct. That's correct. So, so I like t- their broadcast. So, tell me this. Lastly, on the Bulls, tell me this: Is there another move that will that Art Carney and Mark Eversley will make? Because uh, once again, it's Ball and Levine. Is DeRozan now in the mix, which I'm excited about. Vucevic and Pat Williams. Is marketing or Kobe White moved before we get to the regular season here? Uh, if, if I had to guess, I would say yes. And I think it would be marketing because I feel as if they don't really like him as a player. Is that a fair way? I don't know what your read is and what you've heard from behind the scenes. I've kind of been... Um, I've gotten the impression 
even before the trade deadline last year, that they're not huge fans of Lowry marketing. So, with that said, I think he's the one that will get moved. I look at the bench depth, and I wonder... Now, Kobe's coming off the bench. He he, yeah. he earned that. He earned being coming off the bench because he's not a lead guard, and he's kind of a Vinnie Johnson microwave type, so that's who he is. So, okay, so that's fine. I just want to know what they also want to do with bench depth, too, because... I know IO's gonna be busting Kobe's ass in practice. And I should ask you about the IO move too in a moment, but you gotta be able to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your roster too, because I know in the regular season you wanna go at least ten deep, nine, ten deep. So I wonder will Mark gonna be part of that bench? Because if so, that's not so bad if you're gonna keep him. If you're gonna start Patrick Williams ahead of him. Well, so does he plan a qualifying offer then and then hope to be a free agent in the offseason next year? Because Otherwise, like, are you cool giving him a huge deal? No, I, I wouldn't. Be. No, no. So, right, so, so, so who's the who's the power forward on the Bulls then? Well, you know, obviously it's going to be Patrick Williams starting. Uh, well, as far as backup, that they're going to have to sign somebody. They're going to have to go get a mid level exception, or you know, someone from the from the scrap heap to be a part of bench depth. I would assume. Do right, you, like yes. Oh, you have not to. A whole lot of options out there. Denzel's a free agent, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so they gotta be, yeah, you gotta fill it out like the Lakers do. Just fill out the old wild hogs to try to fill out the roster. Um, wild hogs. <laughs> that's I mean that's what it is. Like, what are you doing, Lakers? Like, this is the last. This is the last breath for LeBron. For real. Yeah. For real. And I and I don't count him out ever. But just look at that roster, like, dude, that's the best you could do. So, um, I did not. We have not spoken about Io Desumu. I have not even texted you about him. Uh, I and that sounds like best available in the second round in the draft. Um, I don't mind it as a pickup. I, I wonder, do you see redundancy with Desumu and White, or do you think one's better than the other? Um, I, I think White is probably better at the moment, but and the, the, I don't think there's much of a redundancy because I think I would assume we will play a little bit more defense and he'll be more of like a team-oriented offensive player. You know, Kobe is a skilled offensive player, but his problem is that he doesn't necessarily create for others and he's not such a lockdown shooter that he has the ability to just spot up and bury three-point shots and not have to have the ball facilitated to him. We saw more of that at the end of the season, though. So if Kobe can turn into that, I think that's a definite, definite like need for this team, a spot-up three-point shooter guard. But I think Io DeSumo is going to be the type of player to play defense, facilitate for others. Maybe he'll give you a little hot streak every once in a while off the bench. Here's six points in the third quarter. Boom. I was doing the dirty work. He's getting on the ground. He's hitting deflections, and he's creating for others. But, you know, I think if you look at all of the, the different depth that the Bulls now have with um, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine, I, I think mixing that in with DeMar DeRozan, I, I would guess that Io DeSumo is going to be one of those players who's like up and down to the G League team all season. Not, not that he's going to play in the G League all year, but if the Bulls have an opportunity where they're home and they can send him to the G League to play two games and then come back the next week, like I think he's going to be one of those type of players for them. You can catch Chris Bleck with Bleck and Abdallah week, weeknights at 6 on ESPN 1000, also the ESPN Chicago app and 100.3 HD2 in Chicagoland. And that is our look at NBA for the agency. There's still more. But I just couldn't have another day without you and I discussing the new look Bulls. DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Vucevic, Levine. Wow, that's going to be fun. I love it. And Bulls basketball is going to be worthy of talking. I See, this is what's going to be great. We're going to be in like December. Bears are going to be rocking. But guess what? Cap and Jay Hood, 702, breaking down the Bulls and the Pelicans. Here we go. Well, what did the Bulls do last night? Play-by-play play of the fourth quarter. Love it. Well, I'll be breaking it down, but Cap will also be there. So there, it's, there it is. <laughs> I'm just telling you the I'm Knicks are back. You. I'm just telling you. Wait. Mindy. So, 
Are, wait, you're 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 just telling me what that there's fans in Madison Square Garden and they're back. Okay. <laughs> nice free agency, Knicks. Nice free agency you got there. I, I, isn't, I mean, isn't that great? I mean, it's just, but but it, again, it's what you and I already know. I, that's just like, and then I bring it up this morning. Goes not yet. Soon. 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 You you had what? you had cap space. What are you talking about? They they were the major player. They were the team. No one wanted to go there. Uh, you know, just typical, man. You get a text message and you put it on the air. <laughs> yes, all this. You get a text message from New York. I'm just telling you. You're not telling me a damn thing. Should tips be recruiting? I'm just telling you what. Like, the Knicks, the old young people look at that building and like, cool. Where do we go next? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like you know, so they or, or that's the place that Trey Young dropped, you know, forty points. Did uh, one last thing, one last thing. Did Bobby Portis leave money on the table by agreeing to a two-year, nine million dollar deal? Did yeah. he sign that deal because the Milwaukee fans love him? Yeah, and I think he loves being there. I think he feels like he's at home in his NBA career. I think that that's a good, that's a feel good story. Yeah, he definitely left money on the table, but he's he's going to be a part of a defending champ team. They love him. He loves being there. I think that works. I, that's cool. I was just wondering your thoughts on that because I think he could have made more just based on him being that big spotlight. But yeah. you know, but him being there, at least he for a couple of years, he's in a place where the fans are rooting for him. Like he had as many, he was had second most cheers, I think, to Giannis. Yeah, people love oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then like in the celebration, he walked around with that championship belt, that WWE belt yeah. all week. <laughs> I mean, he lived it up. People in Milwaukee were awesome, and they they definitely supported him. So that's fantastic for Portis. Does Pop know what's going on with his team while he's in Tokyo? Does he realize no, that no. when he comes back? I, I don't think he understands. Does he, does he know what's going on with Team USA? Uh no. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I, like I like have. I think the the Pop is a God type of thing is is starting to to. Wayne a little well I mean that's another podcast but I think you see what I see with Team USA I hey pop you don't have to run the up and under Spurs offense with all-stars and Olympians stop running your offense this is that this ain't you know this ain't the Spurs offense you know you have the best player in the world Kevin Durant who can do anything on the court you don't have to fucking you know pass around for for 15 seconds of the shot clock to make sure everyone gets a good touch. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't Just have to... Just let Durant do his thing. You don't have to run what you're going to run for Al Farouk Aminu and Thaddeus <laughs> Young. You don't have to run that, right? Like, that's what I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, I see this on a, in a snowy day in January uh, right. on, on, the, on the package. Like, wait a minute. Is this the Spurs offense? This is nonsense. Let those guys run up and down the floor and dunk on people. Come on. The side to side, bleeding the clock. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing, Pop? Oh, man. That's funny. Only basketball hits. <laughs> only basketball hits could smell that out. That's the only ones. We're the only dude who could sniff that. Like, hey, wait a minute. Didn't I see that on a random February on a Sunday, a 5 o'clock start? Didn't I see that offense? Wait a minute. It's the Spurs offense. Well, that doesn't work. He's getting pissed at Damian Lillard because Lillard's, Lillard's not running it like Patty Mills went for him. <laughs> it's like, come on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> High screen and roll with those two. No one can stop that. I, I know it's unpopular in basketball circles, but you can't talk about like why Kawhi left and why LaMarcus Aldridge had issues. You know, we're not supposed to talk about it because it's the great pop, but, I mean, as yeah. as great as he has been as a head coach, there's been some missteps as far as him not allowing his athletes to be able to flourish. That's not Timmy D and, and Tony Parker in there, right? It's different. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and you know, thing, times change and things change. And it, it's also different when you have Tim Duncan on your team for 20 years because Timmy uh, is is one of the top Six or seven players in NBA history, 
and and I think that that set the culture more than anything Pop did. East Chicago's Indiana's own Greg Popovich. Well, as always, Chris, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem, Jonathan. I'll be listening in the morning, 7 a.m. Apparently, Chris calling from Argentina with the long pause. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Over and out. Uh, yeah, Robert. Over and out. Wow. All that, right. Yep. Oh, a little Robert Feeder at the end. Oh, that's good. It's over and out for such and such. Uh, same Here's the new news and notes. Uh, same column for 30 years. All right. Well, take care. Eric's still number one. All right.